Ray oh. didn't do a poo on a grave, did he, Heston? Did he? <laughs> oh, Ray, oh, I think he did. Hang on. Uh, no, did he think... do a poo on a grave? Yeah, but think of the microbes. <laughs> <laughs> this week on Walking the Dog, I popped down to a little village in Berkshire to meet the man responsible for revolutionising British food, Heston Blumenthal. Heston lives in France now, where he has a bulldog called Harry. Harry wasn't able to join him on this trip, so we went for a stroll with my Shih Tzu Raymond, who greeted Heston by covering his face in licks. And Heston loved it, so I knew he was going to be our kind of guest. We chatted about his childhood, the meal that changed his life as a teenager, his discovery in adulthood that he had ADHD, and the personal sacrifices that he had to make whilst creating his Michelin-starred restaurant, The Fat Duck. Heston also gave me a great Christmas dinner tip. And yes, I will be stocking up on his Waitrose range. It's not Christmas without Heston. And you should check out a BBC documentary about him coming up on the 19th of December called Heston's Marvellous Menu, Back to the Noughties, where he revisits the early days of the Fat Duck, where the concept of his cuisine all started. Heston is as far from the idea of the temperamental chef as it's possible to be. He's driven and he's clearly a total perfectionist, but he's incredibly sweet-natured and humble, and he has this kind of infectious curiosity about the world. But most importantly, he loves dogs, and he reinvented the British chip. I really hope you enjoy my chat with Heston, and if you do, please rate, review and subscribe. Enough of me, here's Heston. Let's go, Raymond. Heston. Yes. So sorry, wouldn't normally do this, but can yes. we please get a picture? Yeah, of course, yeah, of course. You're one of my favourite chefs ever, and I've oh, yeah. been to Fat Duck. It was one of the best days of my life. Oh, bless. I thank you. Mean that. It was thank amazing. You. So yeah, of course, again. Privilege to meet you. I didn't pay that lady to say that, by the way. <laughs> that was a genuine woman that came up and said that. No, I did ask later. I was like, is he going to absolutely hate this? Like, no, no, no that's silly. I love that. To, to hear you saying that, put a big smile on my face. Yay! It's okay. lovely to meet you. Yeah, lovely to meet you. Thank you very and, much. Uh, Happy Christmas as well. Yes. Oh, yeah, yes. Merry Happy Christmas. Have a good day. Bye. Oh, stop being out with Harry Styles. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get a lot of fans, Heston? Uh, like what? selfies and because you're pretty recognisable. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what a lot is really. I mean, I but quite, I mean. Okay, shall I put Ray down? Shall I put him yeah, on his lead? Put, yeah, yes. Okay, come um, on, Ray. You hold his lead, Heston. <laughs> He's so cute. I should, I introduced the podcast at this point. I'm very excited because this man doesn't have a lot of time. Um, he doesn't even live here and he's here pretty much for one day. And I Thank couldn't you. be more excited that he's agreed to spend this time with me. And I'm it. so pleased to see you again. Oh, come, on, come on, Ray. Well, on. you may have worked out by now because I think he's got quite a distinctive voice as well. I'm with the one and only Heston Blumenthal and we're in Bray. In Berkshire, which is very fitting because it's where it all started. Funny enough, so the fat duck's just behind us. This we see through here is the churchyard, and there's oh, the church. Beautiful. This gable, arch gable, used to be. So the fat duck used to be called the Ringers because it was named after the, the bell ringers for the church. Let's take him off the lead, Heston. Do you think we should? Well, that'll be all right, won't it? Well, if you think so. Yeah, yeah. there weren't many cars down it. He's fine. Um, I want to let his soul sing openly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it used to be called the Ringers because it was the it was the drinking hole for the bell ringers. Mm. So the old fat duck that was the Ringers was here. Oh, it's like a, <clears> it's <throat> an Elizabethan sort of gatehouse almost. Yes, looks like yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. And we're going into a little park. 
for Tudor Arch, well, it's Tudor Elizabethan Arch Lichgate. Oh, I love this. 1448. Oh, look, it looks like the sort of place where Henry VIII might have kept his mistresses. What, in the graves? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're in the cemetery now. Yeah. Ray, don't go to the toilet on any graves. Please don't. Leave that to me. So I'm so excited to see you. And me I, too. You're only here briefly, aren't you? Because you're sort of here, there and everywhere at the moment. Yes. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I've just got back from India. I was there for three days. Yeah. I and was a, that food related? Yeah, was a, I did a talk uh, sandwiched between the Prime Minister of India and Michael Douglas. No. Um, oh, oh, and, the, the, and, the, and the, the chairman of Netflix. But it was a talk just, just about what I'm doing now uh, um, and the fact that... One of the main reasons that we're human beings and we've connected so, so much as a species is because we can imagine things that don't exist. And that imagination, so you can imagine a building with a candy floss cloud tied to a licorice rope floating above the building, it's got helium in it, and, and drones spinning around blowing vanilla seeds on it. Yeah. You can imagine it. Yeah. So that imagination allowed us to create what we call shared beliefs. I love so, you. This is why they call you Willy Wonka. Good morning, how are you? Yeah, fine, thank you. <laughs> you too. Who are they, Heston? They look like they work I for don't the know. Ch- I don't know if he's a vicar. I don't know. I don't know if he looked. He had a nice looking face. Well, if he's not <laughs> a vicar, why was he carrying he on a carrying, trolley yeah, some with, items some, from the church? Yeah, with a plug, with, a, with an electrical cable coming out of it. Was a, well, if they but, might be church thieves. <laughs> oh, yes, those famous people. <laughs> Oh, Ray, he didn't uh, do a poo on a grave, did he, Heston? Did he? <laughs> oh, Ray, oh, I think he did. Hang on. Uh, no, did he think... do a poo on a grave? Yeah, but think of the microbes. <laughs> did he do Yes, he did. OK, in a, in a new low for the podcast, <laughs> my dog has just Ray, done poo. Ray, Can I just apologise to... Raymond? Raymond, do you know that person that's under the ground? Heston, should we apologise to the late Richard Littleton, I, I, who but, died in 1838, and his wife, Harriet Allen? But, I mean, in all oh, seriousness, no. you know, um, our relationship with dogs yeah. has been really beneficial for human beings, because they go out and play in the mud, and, bring, and they, they bring bacteria in. I'll say they do. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Apologies. Godspeed. Um, what pets did you have growing up? Uh, when I was a kid, we had a cat uh, uh, called Sheba, and we had a black cat. Another one called Rhubarb. No dogs. Uh, a Dalmatian called Caesar. You had a Dalmatian. Yeah, but then that, that. Why did your parents go for Caesar and Sheba? Just cat for pet food names. Well, the two cats we found, I think, they just ended oh. up coming into the house and then they stayed there. But my dad wanted a Dalmatian. Uh, I think something to do with his charger. And then I had yeah. a bulldog. Oh yeah. And then I had another bulldog. And now you've got Harry. And oh. now I've got another bulldog. Oh. We're not with your dog because your dog's in France where you spend most of your time or that's yep. where you live. And um, I want to know about your dog, Heston. So my dog's a bulldog. Yeah. Called Harry. Yes. Uh, and um, uh, Stephanie, my missus, called it Harry. I've, and that's my third. I, I, but the deal was, I, don't, I love dogs, but I, with all the work I'm doing now, I don't want distraction. So right. I said, I'm not taking the dog for a walk. <laughs> I'm not cleaning up the poo and the wee. You know, and if you have a dog, it's, it's, there's a responsibility. There's a lot of work, isn't there? There's it? a lot of work. Anyway, um, he's very funny. But did Stephanie really want one? Is yes. that why you got one? Yeah, yeah. she did. And, and, and Shay, well, Shay, our daughter, she's two. 
they're like brother and sister. So you oh. imagine Shay's about, I don't know, perhaps three foot, two and a half foot high. Yeah. Harry's about here, yeah. this wide. And then she... Hey, come to Heston. Where's come Heston? Here. Come here. Yeah. <laughs> Look at your eyes. Yeah, and they and she runs like ah, and she owie owie because she speaks, she speaks. Well, she's going to speak two languages, but it takes longer if you're speaking two. But she sort of she speaks half in English and half in French. Do you want? Do you want this? We. Oui. <laughs> so she goes up and yeah, because Stephanie, your him. partner, she's French, isn't she? She's French. Yeah, and uh, bless her. She was very happy living in Barnes. That's where you were before? Yeah, so... Um, and why did you and Stephanie decide to move to France? Well, I, I, it was me. <laughs> she supported me. So, several reasons. I'm going through a process of... Um, part of it is reverse engineering my life. We'll touch on this a bit later, but I've, okay. I've got ADHD. Fairly extreme Snap. ADHD, <laughs> exactly. So I want to declutter. I think we have too many choices in the world. Oh, Heston's taking me down to the water. I love this. Oh, Ray, the, Ray, look, so, there's ducks. There's my neighbours. Oh, this Michel, is beautiful. Michel Roux. Oh, is that Michel Roux? Yeah, that's the waterside inn. Oh, oh, that's his restaurant. Yeah, I love it. I haven't been there I was going to say, time. he's got very big windows. Everyone can see in. <laughs> <laughs> this is absolutely beautiful, Heston. Look at these. Oh, I don't like that big bird. He's well, going to scoop way up. Open. We, he looks a bit predatory. What is that bird, Heston? That's a, a duck. No, that one <laughs> no, over no, there I'm with joking. the big wings, I don't like. I don't like. know. It's, it, he looks a bit hawky. Yeah, but I don't know. Why is this? Don't uh, worry, Ray, I've got you. Uh, it could be a really big cormorant. Oh, OK. Oh, look at this one coming. I love the way they land. There's like, yeah. It's like, um, I don't know, it's like aeroplanes landing. Water is my, is, I'm going to spend, it's going to be the That's your new thing, doing, that's yeah. Heston's new passion. Yes. We know what to do with it, but we don't know what it is. How come, how, how oh. come? I'm going to pick way up Heston, because there's yes. a truck coming. How oh. come hydrogen and oxygen, so two, two of the lightest molecules, you stick them together and you get big heavy water. How does that work? Yeah. You see, this is what's interesting about you. You're so fascinated in the way things work and the sort of science behind it. Yeah. Um, and I want to go back, actually, yeah. to when that all started. And when little Heston, who I imagine was very cute... <laughs> so strong, snotty little kid, I might say. Well, weirdly, you've got such a sort of iconic look. I imagine you having those glasses. And I imagine I you being... For, on, on my 40th birthday, my eyesight was really good until... Uh, I put it down to all the hours in the kitchen. My 40th birthday, I was doing the ordering after service and thought, yeah. oh, my eyes are wanting to go to sleep, but I'm not tired. Yeah. So then I had glasses from then. Oh, really? So it's only a late... So tell me, so Minnie Heston, little Heston, yeah. he's grown up in... Well, you, it was in West London you originally lived in. I was born in Shepherd's Bush. Yeah. The hospital is not there anymore. North Pole Road. Yeah. I grew up in uh, near Paddington and went to school off the Edgware Road. Actually, one of my in those days. Uh, do you remember the G7 summit meeting in um, Glen Eagles when Jacques Chirac said yeah. Britain has the worst food in Europe, second to Finland, <laughs> which I took quite an offence to actually. <laughs> However, when I grew up in London in the 70s, born in 66, yeah, he was probably right because you could 
you were going to get olive oil from the chemist because you poured them into your ears when they were blocked. Yeah. And <laughs> there's only one type of pasta you could buy in the supermarket, you know, that dried spaghetti in yeah, the, the bin wrapper. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up, we're going to Cornwall for our holidays. I never knew what an oyster looked like. I'd never been to a mission side restaurant before. My parents never had. What, was, what did your dad do as a job? He had a leasing, like photocopying leasing company. But I. And did I, your mum work? Well, uh, she, she worked, she did some, some work here in an office in Oxford Street. She did some work there because I remember her dragging us into the office. And the other, my first, actually, my first food memory, big one I can remember, was my gran. On every really? Saturday morning, used to take my sister and I Church Street Market, and it was like step turns, son, people sending junk off the back of a horse drawn cart. Yeah. And the last thing you want to do when you're seven years old or six years old is that. But yeah. on the way back, we went past this Art Deco Sicilian ice cream parlour called the Regent Snack Bar. Yeah. And it had a big plastic ice cream cone at the top of it. And I got a tub of ice cream. And so did my sister, brown paper bag, the wooden spoon. We couldn't eat it until we got home. And the walk was only about six, seven, eight minutes, but it felt like a day. Yeah. And that, with hindsight, that was my first thing of working for rewards. Oh, so I valued that ice cream yeah. so much. And then, fast uh, forward then to say 15, as I said, I hadn't seen an oyster, I didn't know what an oyster looked like, no Michelin star restaurants. And my dad. Was your mum a good cook or was she? Yeah. I, I mean, it was, it, was, it was sort of like. As much you know, as anyone could have been in the 70s. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Cordon Bleu. Is it those magazines? Was it called on Blur? It was called on Blur, and there was a there was a chef called the Galloping Gourmet. Oh, I used to love him, Graham yeah. Kerr. Yeah, and he'd run down a hula, through a hula hoop and then bring an old person out on stage and eat with them. And my mum, it was interesting because my dad was quite sort of middle class, and he worked in the TV, yeah. and he had all these sort of friends like Joan Bakewell, and and yeah. my mum wasn't from that kind of background, and I yeah. can remember her. She turned out to be a brilliant cook, but she taught herself through those Cordon Blur books and. The Galloping Gourmet, yeah, it was yeah. like, right, this is what these people eat. They put bay leaves and things <coughs> and they have coco vat, you know. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and it cl- I, I still remember my gran having a hostess trolley. <laughs> Electric, I, I can't remember. Was that your dad's mum or your... My, da- my dad's mum. Your dad is was Jewish. My dad's Jewish. My mum... My mum Did she convert? Well, she, she said she converted. <laughs> uh, so my... <laughs> Did she just come home one day and say, I'm Jewish? You're like, Mum, I think there's a bit more asthma I've involved. I've never really quizzed her on it, to be honest. So I, my, my, my uncle traced my mum's side of the family back to where in Hertfordshire in yeah. 1400. My dad's side's a bit... I, I need. To, it's one of those things I, wanted, I want to do. I want to find out more. There was a Belgian-Congo connection and a really? Latin connection. And my gran was actually from Cambridge. So, Did um, you, Do you feel Jewish? No, I feel me. Yeah. I, I think I, I, ju- have, I, I, I mean had my kids un, un, uh, uh, against my grand's wishes and my mum didn't understand. Yeah. I had them born of no religion. Did you? Because I thought if they... I, I believe in the belief of religion, but I don't believe in religion. Right. Relig- it, it, there's one word in the English language that I think applies to everything in this universe and any other universe. Yeah. Potential. Yeah. Everything has potential, so... Religion has potential to be really beneficial and potential to be damaging. Mobile phones have potential to be. So you didn't want to kind of impose anything. No, on I wanted them, them to it? be able to choose. Yeah. And, no, I um, see that. So. And did you? Would you? Were you close as a family? Yeah. You. Were, uh, um, yeah. Oh, were we close? Were you sort of an emotional family? Would there be big? Would you sort of? Oh, my mum and dad used to used to 
used to fight a lot. I used to say, well, I grew up, I, I used to say I grew up in the war. <laughs> the war between my parents. I remember one Christmas, I mean, yeah, my, my, my dad, my dad, my dad's mum and my mum did not like each other. Really? So Christmas day, my grand's coming out from London. We were living yeah. in Buckinghamshire. Yeah. My mum's done the Christmas lunch, veg is ready. My grand goes, I've done the veg. So my dad, riddled with guilt anyway, generally, think shit what am I going to say <laughs> he said well Celia's done the she said, no, my mum she's done the lunch she said well I've done the, I've done all the veggies already so he said well bring them down and we'll have a look at them <laughs> it was like a NATO negotiating thing after that she wasn't coming anyway we sat around the Christmas table in silence my mum had a dressing gown on three Christmas hats packed up <laughs> cigarette in her mouth my dad's sitting there and she said she wants a potato you fat bastard <laughs> That, that was that was that was a memorable Christmas lunch. <laughs> so, oh god! Um, and did they stay together then, or did they? No, they stayed. Or? No, they stayed. They stayed together. People did though, they, didn't they? They, they did. They just stayed together and. <laughs> In just, history. <laughs> just, I don't. I think. I, I, I can't. It think. wasn't an option to not no, be I, together. I, I, do you know I, I don't think it was, but it, yeah. it was, it was just, less of an option. Just, just buried it. My yeah. mum didn't bury it. She's quite vocal. But, was she? Um, yeah. Who was the disciplinarian? Because I always get the sense, you know, you have this huge sense of self-discipline. And do you think, to a certain degree, I think, you know, we are born with those, but also we are influenced by our environment. And yeah. did you get that instilled? If you had one parent who was the rule maker, do you think it was your they, dad they, or your mum? They, they, were, they, were, they were different. So I'd, I'd, I'd get quite a lot of insults from my mum. <laughs> I'd get less insults from my dad. Uh... So, what was your mum saying? Idiot, you know, useless, da, 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 stuff like that. So your mum was more kind of, come on, it's not... I remember you saying once, which I found really interesting, yeah. was that thing of them not being sort of, oh, my God, that's amazing, well done, or... No, no. And but I think also in those days, I yeah. remember there was, a, there was a marketing campaign in the... I can't remember how long ago it was, yeah. before I was born. The, 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 do you remember this? You hear about this? It told you, told parents, don't, don't tell your kids you love them, <laughs> and don't give them affection because otherwise it'll sp- kind of sp- stiff up a lip. That's now proven to be. Did they like, really advise people to do? Yeah. Yeah, there was a campaign. I can't remember. Really. Yeah. But um. Yes, I suppose it was just that idea that you needed to grow up to be a strong individual and. Yeah. So, going going back to the um. Going back to the oyster, going back yeah. to the Jack Chirac oh, story. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Worst food in in, in Finland, second to uh, in Europe, second to Finland. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was he was he was probably right. Mm. But that was two weeks before London and Paris fought it out for the Olympics. Yeah. The, after he made that statement, the two Finnish representatives withdrew their votes mm. from Paris and gave them to London. Yeah. And I had lunch uh, a couple of years ago with. Seb, Lord Co, Lord Co. and um, we, we just happened to be on holiday at the same place together. So we had lunch, and I said to him, Look, I've said this a few times that you know, we got our food because they made this comment about British food and, uh, yeah. and Finnish food, and the Finnish representatives decided, Stuff that Paris, we're going to London because yeah. you said about our food. Yeah, I said, Is that true? He said, Yes, he said it wasn't, it was like the last straw that broke the camel's back, right. So I argue to the French that we got the Olympics because of our food. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, it's true. But then, so when one year, 
My dad had, he did some deal on photocopies that got a bit of money and then we went, we went to France. First time I'd been, been abroad. And was that unusual for you? Like, were you an affluent family or just... No. A, no. We weren't poor. Yeah. We, we went to France. And were you excited? Uh, I don't remember being excited. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't remember. You don't remember yes that no. part of it, yeah. But we went, they had read about this three mission style restaurant in Provence called the Beaumaniere. Yeah. And we've got this documentary coming out next week and you'll see it on there if you watch the show. Um, I sat with my sister, my parents. Bear in mind, none of us had ever, didn't even, well, had never been to a Michelin style restaurant before. Yeah. So here we are sitting at the foot of this bauxite cliff yeah. in this wonderful valley. As the sun was setting, the noise, I remember the noise of the crunch of the waiting star's feet on the gravel, this intoxicating smell of lavender, the noise of the crickets, the sun goes down, the rock gets lit up, there's a sommelier with his handlebar moustache and a big leather apron, cheese trolley the, trolley the size of a chariot, pouring sauces into soufflés, carving legs of the lamb at the table, glasses, you know, when you're small, everything seems much bigger. Yeah. And I'd, this is that's a moment I fell down a multi-sensory rabbit hole yeah. into Wonderland. And I'm living 15 minutes from that restaurant. Now, in France. Yeah, it's like I've come back to there. And, and Isn't that amazing? There's another reason. It's where Van Gogh lived. 12 oh, minutes really? away because the, the sunlight is along with some some in the Himalayas the strongest recorded in the world yeah the mistral, mistral wind blows all the pollen away so the light is incredible and all the water gets filtered through this limestone <laughs> rocks so it's very fertile soil and the Romans built aqueducts and viaducts so I'm setting up it's actually just about done the la, the, the, my laboratory to study water there. I love it that Heston has his laboratory. You are. You're the professor, the food oh, professor. I've so got a synthetic tongue coming. <laughs> of course you have. <laughs> so do I'm you... I'm in my mouth. No. <laughs> do you... Looking back at that, which was yeah. extraordinary, was that the moment then? Did you, did yes. you experience this food? And, yes. you know, in the film of your life, obviously that's how I'd start the film. Yes, you know. because, because of the contrast. If I'd have grown up with... You know, the Waterside Inn and three Michelin star, Michelin star restaurants. Uh, the setting would have still had the impact, but it wouldn't have had the same impact. But I didn't, I didn't know that existed. Yeah. It was like another world. And then it got under my skin and in my blood. So were you, were you academic at no. that point? Were you, were you not? What were you like at school? Were you... Sh- could, die, could try harder. Really? Yeah. I think someone Distracted else people easily? Yes. <laughs> could, could try harder as a big... I think... The school report is, in fact, got nothing to do with the child. It's a conversation between the school and the parents. So why does a child have to bring the document home? Mm. Mine, mine went on top of the cupboard a couple of times. Well, it's part of shame, I think. I think there is no, part to- of totally. wanting to shame the child, which, but again, it, is it, part of a Victorian ki- attitude. Yes, you know, of, education's killing creativity. Yeah. And did you feel... Were you popular, Heston? I'm at, were you the guy... You know, I always have this thing at school that you yeah. have the pretty team. And my thing was... I was never quite good enough for the pretty team, but I clung on by my fingertips <laughs> and they didn't quite accept me. But, and I regret that now. So I just wondered, were I you... I think I was quite popular at school. Were you? Yeah. Were you sporty? Yeah, yes. From about fifth... Uh, from, I mean, I started playing cricket when I was about 12, but then from 14 I started martial arts. And I did that for... Well, you must have been 28. Popular. Were you successful with the ladies? No. I don't believe that. I think no. you were. Do you know, I've never chatted somebody up in my life. 
I've been too scared of someone telling, telling me to bugger off. <laughs> I think they call it fear of rejection. Or maybe you're quite maybe shy, maybe really? Yeah, maybe I've got issues. So I've how, never, never chatted. Never, so how does it work, what you just kind of well, say? Well, I haven't had that many girlfriends. No, that's true, because you married so quite young. I married you? young. I've, I think I've been on my own maybe for three months. A three-month chunk of my life, that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> so you're quite shy, do you think? I'm less shy now. I was. I was. I was. I was pretty shy. Do you yeah. think success forces you to be more of an extrovert in a way? I don't, I don't, know, if, I don't know if it's necessarily success because you, it depends how you measure success. And I know that every time I won an award, if you look at my CV, it's just ridiculous. I think like the amount of Michelin stars you have is and probably all the <laughs> other trophies and the OBE and the yeah. you know the all, all of this stuff. There's this moment of elation. And then it's, God, it's not good enough. I never, I never thought I was good enough. Did you? Yeah, and, and I think it's more only recently that I've got more, become, this sounds a bit sort of Buddhist and cheesy, but I like more Buddhist loving and of myself, yeah. being more kind to myself. Instead of beating myself up, actually giving myself a pat on the head, thinking actually, smelling the roses, which I never did. And when you started, you know, because talking about being hard on yourself, I mean, when you yeah. made the decision, I know after... You had this experience and you spent a few years doing sort of going from job to job, yeah. doing sort of a bit David Brent office jobs in yeah. a way, it sounds yes, like. Yes, yes. And then when did you think, right, that's it, I'm going to, I want to be a chef? Uh, well, I wanted to be a chef. I wanted to cook from, from that moment at the Beaumanier. I did a week with Raymond, who I love at the memoir. Raymond isn't my dog, it's Raymond Ra Blanc. Raymond Blanc, sorry. In, uh, when I was in 19... 84 I think and I did it he offered me a position as a comedy chef and I decided I didn't want to do it I wanted to go and make some money to get my own restaurant and follow the path of self education I was teaching myself and yeah. being able to question stuff without telling me people telling me what to do sounds like I had a big master plan but it wasn't at all like, like that then I decided after a few years actually I'm not driven by money really <laughs> so I, we had a house in Marlow sold it Hasselmuller Cottage in Beckersfield. That was later. And were you married by then? Yeah. Yeah. I moved in with my parents and then bought the fat duck. So did you have a young family already by that point? Yeah, I had. I had. This, I had Jack, my son, who's now here in Bray. He's. He's. He got. He got his degree in culinary arts. Oh, he's, he's going been, into the family business. Well, he's been cooking. He's been cooking for a few years now. Maybe How six lovely. years or so. Are you harder on him than everyone else? Um, Not harder on him, but yes. you. Yeah, you don't well, want to give I, him a free well, pass, is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, and also I did tell him, if he wants to do this, I said, his name's Jack, I said, I'm going to push you away. I'm not encouraging you to come in, I'm going to push you away. And you, you're going to have to want to show me that you wanted that much. I'm going to keep pushing you away. I'm going to keep saying, no, choose another job, do something else. Yeah. Push you away, push you away, push you away. And he kept, and... And then you he, know. He's done, yeah, and he's done, I mean, as I said, it's six, seven years he's been cooking now. Um... And um, he loves it because I know it's it's it's, it's difficult because when he grew, he grows up or he grew up and he's in the bar with his mates they don't say this is Jack they said you know whose dad this is and that's that's a, quite a difficult. Have you do you speak to him about how to deal with that or we've spoken a lot yeah we're we're close yeah well um, that's interesting I'm pleased to hear that because I know you've said in the past when you and your ex-wife you were setting up the business I know for, for you that was. 
you you were getting 15 hours sleep famously a week week, and you were sleeping upstairs and there were so many sacrifices you had to make yes and i know you were really honest which i respected because people tend to present this image of oh yes and we had the family and you said no it was hard i had to make sacrifices with my kids and i didn't get to spend the time with them yeah it affected affected my marriage affected with my children i'm like you know i don't actually believe in luck but i've got a i've got a I've got a wonderful relationship now with my with my son and my two daughters, Jesse and uh, Jesse and Joy. Mm. So three J's, I like that. Three, yeah, my mum didn't like that. Didn't she? Why? <laughs> I love your mum. <laughs> She's a character. She's like, what happens when the post comes for them? What? <laughs> that, that was a, that was the biggest. But I, it was it was it was more it was more a case of just an opportunity just to go. Oh, please. That was one of her. That was one what of her. What did your mum say when you wrote lines. a book? That was my favourite. She said, "That's not a book. <laughs> it's only two hundred and thirty thousand words that took me eight years, seven years to write." <laughs> I mean, I think she, how much she, more do you have to do? An OBE? Well, it's not a night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think she is softening, and I think I think is she? she's on the verge of starting to be able to laugh about it. Yeah, um, which is which is a good thing. A good and I thing. think that was probably, like you say, you know, a, a product of her generation to a degree totally. as well. You totally. know, where you know, spare the rod, spoil the child, yeah. all that stuff. You yeah. know, parents, you got to parents love their kids in the, in only the way they know how to. Yeah, you know, and there's lots of different ways to express that, and. We we developed so many defence mechanisms in childhood mm. that we we quite often carry those through to to, to adulthood. She brought all this passion and time and perfectionism and work ethic into the fact that which became a huge success. I yeah. mean, would you know it wasn't was it an overnight success in terms of you'd done all the work, but people were suddenly no, not talking really. it's about like, it's it like, and say the TV stuff that I'd done. Yeah, I said no to TV for, for, for quite a long time. Did and you why? I, I grad- well, because I was too focused. It's a bit like now. Mm. I, now I've, do, I've 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 been away. I said no. For, I said no to TV for the last couple of years, but because I've been focusing on this whole thing of evolution and water and, and the importance about our relationship with food. Yeah. That now there's a. I've got a more a, a clear plan, and, and it just so happened that we got this. You know, this it's on in a couple of days' time. This BBC show that. Um, taking the restaurant back to 2001 which is the first time we put a tasting menu on and oh. I had to grab the old get the old team back God, what was that like oh it was amazing we, it was when you when you spend that many hours because when I was doing the 120 hours a week yeah they were also when it launched you mean? like that so but you can see I mean Heston I've been lucky enough to eat at the fat dark um several times and I, when we walked up my producer said oh wow what's it like and um I said, well, it's, it's not really even just about the food. And that sounds pretentious no, when you, you tell someone, but I said, it's an experience. It's nothing you'll ever... Do you know what? When we reopened with the storytelling and stuff yeah. and personalisation, getting that, I wanted to call it... I wanted to change the name. Yeah. And I wanted to call it a question. And that question was, if the fat duck isn't a restaurant, what is it? <laughs> I love <laughs> And then that. everyone thought I was mad, so no. they sort of shut me up. Because but. to me, and again... Sorry, if you don't, yeah. pretension alert. Yeah. But I genuinely, it really reminds me, your attitude towards food and your whole ethos yes. of that 
Proust book, Remembrance of Things yes. Past. And yeah. if people aren't familiar with it, there's a thing called the Madeleine episode yes. where this boy eats this Madeleine cake. Yeah. And actually, Heston has done his own Madeleine cake. Yeah. But, um, which are great. Look at the recipe online. But um, it's this idea that he eats this piece of food and it's an involuntary memory because it takes him back to his past. It's exactly the same. Have you seen Ratatouille? Yes, yes. The, yeah. the final scene when the, food, when, the, when the cynical food, tired food critic yeah. has a spoonful of ratatouille. Same thing. And next minute, instantly, he's sitting on the chair in, his, in the kitchen with his mum with his, swinging his legs under the chair. You see, eating. this is why Heston is so successful and popular. Because he's able to make a reference that is much clearer than mine. <laughs> I'm going on about... Pre- no, yours is so much just more intellectual. No, it's not. Sort of it's just that... But you're absolutely right. It's true. It's an interesting... But food has this yeah. ability to be able to do that. And in fact, this comes back to the importance of, it, of, of emotion. Yeah. And you know, um, there's a lot of research. I've just come back from the World Water Congress, as you do. And uh, water um, ca- and the cells of water, they, they carry memory. Yeah. Carry emotion data mm. and as our body is 60 to 90 percent water you if you think about um, uh, an emotion is energy in motion it's a vibration yes everything vibrates so if you drink water and you um, uh, you think if I don't drink my liter of water a day I'm gonna get sick mm. you're, you're drinking water with unaware anxiety if you oh, drink I the see. water and give it gratitude yeah I think, God, I love this. And just drink when you want to drink and have a couple of sip gloves yeah, more. Know, yeah, then, I then mean, that's about attitude. It. And again, it's a positive attitude. So it's... Yes. But you've managed to... It's interesting because I see now, since the business has grown and the yep. fat duck became, you know, the waiting list. How long is the waiting list? Uh, I don't know now. It was... Oh, there's some big... Oh, there's some big, big dogs, dogs coming, Heston. Let's dogs. avoid the big dogs. Let's Go get, on. Let's get Ray out you don't know how long the waiting list is, but it's... Well, it was three months. Wow. Um, but we only do 35 people. Yeah. And we have, we have nearly 80 staff. It's two staff per... It's over two, just over two staff per customer, mm. which, is, which is... A lot of chefs, when they become as famous and decorated as you, you know, I'm not going to mention any names, yeah. but you get the sense that... The sort of active running of the kitchen side of it slides to get it gets to get a bit, a bit parked and yeah. it bec- they become a brand you know and they're <clears> working all the time whereas i really get the sense with you that you're people you know you're often pottering in and out you're you're very present aren't you yes and 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 the stuff now even though it's in france we, we're working on this connection between france and england mm. the water so let's say you're going to make some suits for one of the pubs mm. um develop the recipes they could do that here but we've been looking at restructuring the water by changing the ph so you'll be very involved in, in that yeah. <clears throat> yeah and that will be the water that will go into the various suits right so the two the two teams will work together and have it exchanges basically wow um so you did okay well i want to talk to you about um waitrose and christmas because you yes. are basically christmas <laughs> aren't you let's be honest ho, ho, ho. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. do you do christmas what will you do will you do it in france with your uh, little girl or no i'm actually i'm actually we're going to have a holiday first time in oh, two nice. years i'm gonna go we're going away for who's got the dog ah uh karine who's um, okay does she look after things okay and good she looks after things, but she's a friend of ours and she, so she's got the she's got the um she's got the dog yeah uh and then so it'll be the three of us going to we're going skiing and do you cook no 
Uh, Chris, uh, um, I used to. But, Did you? But no, but we were staying in a hotel. Heston's on cru- yeah, but isn't it hard for chefs? They must shit themselves when you come in. Legit, but, Ah, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> the, the problem is, and I, I did the same thing myself, the problem is, I, so I believe that we should, uh, that we eat too much food. Yeah. And I don't think that anyone in the world should actually go, go starving. Yes. With the amount of food wastage, something like 30 to 50% of all food produced gets thrown away. Yeah. Mainly because sell-by dates and health, you know, people are scared about being sued and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So, but you, I don't, I don't suggest to tell people eat less food because that's just mental. No, of course. If we could spend a little bit more time valuing more mouthfuls, yes, being more, I don't want to use the word mindful. No, 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 but for, being more conscious pur- of it. Yeah, and connect, okay. just connecting with, you know, what does it smell like? What does yeah. it feel well, like? What is it? So what we're saying is, don't stuff yourself at Christmas. But what, if you are going to stuff yourself, you should get Heston's food from Waitrose. From Waitrose. <laughs> okay. Oh, bless you. Yes. Your, uh, your um, head of. Can you, James. He calls himself James. He's very self-effacing. James <laughs> is looking at me there saying, thank you, Emily. Um, but tell me, so do, what, do chefs go white when you come into a restaurant? Well, well, do, do restaurant no, people well, think, oh my God, Heston's they're here? Lovely. Well, but what tends to happen is yeah. in the process of me trying to explain, look, just because if I don't eat all the plate, if you don't, it yeah, doesn't it's mean not you because like I it. don't like it. No, you could have one spoonful. It'd be fantastic. And, yeah. and they've already served you the food anyway. Yeah. So I think a lot of us, including me, yeah. in the past massively, we guilt eat. Yes, we do. And because we, we don't want to offend the other person, but in the process, we're just putting to more food than we need to put into what our What don't bodies. you like, Heston, to eat? There must be things you don't like. I yeah. adore the smell of licorice. But you don't like the taste? I don't like... It's too sweet for okay. me. Um, oh, that's o- good Otherwise, know. that's... But that's what's not, interesting about the fat duck, is when I've been in there... I went in with prejudices about yeah. food I didn't like, yeah. snail porridge at the time yeah, yeah, and all yeah. this stuff. And actually, because you just give yourself over to the entire experience. That's the important thing. You actually, sort of say, I'm just going to eat anything that's put in front yeah, of me. And yeah. otherwise, it's a bit go big or go home. Yes. I look at Ray. <laughs> so cute. I think he really likes it. Heston, I need to ask you, because yeah. I know we haven't got much time with you, so I've got a couple of things I need to ask. Firstly, um, I want to ask about the ADHD yes. because we both have that yes um, I was diagnosed later in life and so were you yes um, it was a friend of yours who was a psychiatrist is that my, right my, f- uh, f- uh, my son's uh, friend's dad and what did he and we're, say we had dinner and, he, and we, were t- we were talking he said you know I think you might have ADHD I said well, how can I have ADHD how can I focus so much on one on, on this subject he said that's classic ADHD if you're interested in something you hyper focus Otherwise, you go all over the show. Okay, and I've had a head that's sensitive to temperature. So I remember doing a, <laughs> I remember doing Chris Evans' radio show once, and I went on to talk about the GCSE that we'd launched for food and nutrition, and the food for Tim Peake, the British astronaut. We did. Yeah. Anyway, I'm in the green room, and there are a couple of bands. I think Coldplay were there, and it was packed, so it, was, it made it warmer. It was so hot. And Chris walked past. He went, "Hello, sweaty Hesty." It's my head. My head sweats. But the rest of my body doesn't. And I said, it must be 27 and a half degrees in here, which was probably quite a random, you know, specific number. Anyway, I go into the studio, it's packed. So that it doesn't mention the GCSE or, or, or Tim Peake. He said, right, tell us about your head, head sweaty, um, sweaty head, Hesty. Um, and I said, well, I can tell the temperature. I mean, I used to fly to Australia. Mm. I know the temperature on the main airlines that go there, because if it gets over... 20 degrees I can't sleep mm. 
Um, and oh, 20, particularly 22. Mm. So B, BA 22, Qantas 23, <laughs> Singapore 25 and, and uh, Emirates 26. Yeah. And he said, Chris said, oh, so what's the temperature in this room now? And you knew. I said, well, I think it was about 22. It's now about 19.5. And they put a thermometer the other side of the glass <laughs> and it was 19.5. So for like a week after, I got in a few cabs and the... All right, Esther, what temperature is it in that? And then do you think in relation to your ADD so then? So I'm, I'm saying that after that, when I was looking at evolution... Yeah. ..and looking at imagination and the connection between the brain and the gut and all this kind of stuff, the yeah. brain is, a both a muscle, is a muscle and an organ. Mm. It's 2% of our body weight, mm -hmm. but it takes up 20% of our blood and 60% of our glucose, mm -hmm. which is huge. So if you go to the gym and pump iron or go right, you get hot. Mm. You, those muscles, you get blood into the muscles. Yeah. So I thought, I wonder if my, I started walking around with a thermometer, if, if my, I've got a really busy head, but I don't know how busy anyone else's head is. Yeah, because you know. don't know what's <coughs> average. And actually, no. You know what's interesting? Someone compared it to me and it really made sense. I always used to get called, because you find coping mechanisms when you're a bit other. Yeah. And I used to, every office I worked in, I'd be told, shut up, stop talking. I couldn't stop talking. It's racing thoughts. There was an impatience. It's like, why don't, doesn't uh, your brain do ADHD this? ADHD is, a, is, a, is, a, is at its essence, is an issue of time. Yeah. Our relationship with time. And also you get that thing, I, I, since I, I don't know about you, but since I found out, I'm much more on time. I, I, I was late and I... I'm not. I'm always still late. It's a real I problem for late. me. I but, know. But, but, I hate but, it, but, but I do explain but, to my but friends. But people automatically think you just sit in the chair looking at a clock. <laughs> I, I don't need to go out. But no, no. You run upstairs to get something. You come downstairs with a handful, armfuls of stuff, like a watch you lost six, I dropped months, them and I six <laughs> months before. And you forgot what you went up there for in the first place. And you still end up going out into the car with one shoe in your hand. <laughs> I think that was my morning he's just described which is why but that's what's so difficult is that it does represent shame as well because I think someone the psychiatrist yeah. saying to me you've had a lifetime of sort of covering it up because you've yeah. odd about yeah. the fact that you couldn't be on time you needed help sort of just admin it just all gets on top of you this is part of the reason and again moving to France yeah distraction really? right. keep on tapping you can you do this do this and you get that a lot yeah I can so if when everything's going well I can make connections that other people can't seem to make, but you only need to throw Jeez. me a little curveball and flipping chaos. I have How are you with diaries and calendars? How do you think I am, Heston? <laughs> That's terrible. Heston, uh, I have to say to people as well, because they say, why didn't you reply to my text or email? And I say, because if I reply to that, you'll say one word, I'll start Googling it and go down what I call the ADHD rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah. So if I watch a film, this is honestly what I yeah, do, yeah. I'll see an actor, I'll start Googling him, then I'll be onto another page, then I'll be thinking, it's three in the morning, and I haven't even ended up watching them all, because that's that hyper-focus thing where if you focus it on the wrong thing, you're screwed. You've got to, yeah, you've, you've this got is why we're moving distraction. And actually, how about this? The further packing, right? Oh. Packing. I put off going on holiday because <laughs> I hate it so much. Do you? I hate it. Last I cry. minute. Yeah. And, and the, the longer distance, the further you've got to travel from where you're standing to the exit of your house... Yes. You go, you walk past random stuff and go, oh, I might be needing that. And then you just pack this bag of completely disconnected things that are pointless. And so, charger cables. Oh! <laughs> I'm not letting you look at my... I am. You're the only person that can see my car. Because you'll see... I also have this fear that I, I have things like... I went on holiday with Jane and Jonathan, yeah, yeah. our mutual friends, the Rosses. 
And I was going, she said, oh, why were you late? I said, because I had to get some extra things. And she went, a waistcoat? Why would you do? <laughs> but honestly, Heston, I'd got into my head. I had to bring the waistcoat. I was just, going on a holiday to just a whole country. Just a go- Okay, here's another. Have you left things on the security thing at the airport? <laughs> do you know, I, I went to last time in Australia. I get to, the, I go through security. I get to the... The, the beginning of the, you know, the, the, the galley that goes to the plane. Yeah. The woman said, now, have you got your laptop, your iPad, <laughs> your telephone? The last she remembers, the last time I was there, I took, I had a, 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 a laptop, an iPad, a telephone, and maybe even a Kindle, which I didn't need. And I took them all out, and then I just shut my bag and walked off, and I left them all there. I literally have phone calls every week saying, excuse me, you left your card in the reader. It's things like oh, that. Yes. Yeah, do you do that? Yeah, the cash machine. Oh, Hester. Walk I... off and think, well, I don't You're going to have to be my ADD friend. We can share tales of shame. <laughs> I want to ask as well, because I know your dad passed away, Heston, and I lost yeah, but, my parents. Yeah. And was that, that must have been tough. That was around the time you had that shit year. It was in the middle of the, 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 the shit year, actually. Yeah, yeah. And very much a big part of it. Yeah. That uh, was out now. Did you feel at peace with him? Seven, I eight, feel nine. more at peace yeah. now. You Since know what I did? And I don't know where this came from. I told him I, I loved him and he told me he loved me. And that was, I realised, the first time he said it. That's the really? first time. But I only realised it when he said it back. Oh, then what I did... Come here, because I can't hear. Then what I did was... Um, Can we just give away a quick run out here? Yeah, and then, yeah go What on. I did... That's so lovely, Hester. Why I did this, hospital? I don't know. I asked him, yeah. and he was a hospital, and I knew he, he, he didn't have long. Yeah. And I said, how do you want to, do you want bury or cremation? Is did there you any, say that to me? Were yeah. you nervous saying that? Or did no, you just it just came out. I said, is there any people you really want there and any people you don't want there? Do you want music? Any tunes? What emotion do you want people to have? Because I'm going to do the reading. Do you want flowers? I just ran through this list and asked him. <clears throat> and I was really pleased I did it. Really pleased I did it. Um, but I don't know where that, no idea where that came from. I don't know how, but it's interesting that I think... I feel that because my dad was was sort of an absent dad, and I had yeah. issues with him. And did you did you did you how did do you have regrets? I do, but you know what? I really feel, and it's interesting. I know you're a big believer in this. That yeah. as soon as I learnt to start trying, I don't always manage it. Yeah. But that thing of taking responsibility for stuff. Yes. I think I was able to understand why my dad was like he was. Yeah, because the initial thing is either blame yeah. or thinking that they don't love you. Exactly. That's a natural thing to, to think. So you, but that, 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 if you can, and this is easy, much easier said than done. If you can realise that that's a feeling. It's your feeling. It might, be, yeah. it might be real or not, but it's your feeling. Yeah. But it's not easy. You can't just change it. Even people say, don't worry, that never bloody works. But also, I would say as well, you know, I can relate... Let's say I know you and yeah. I relate, well, things didn't work out for you in your relationship, but you've still got three kids you love. Yes. So it's difficult to apply that to your own parents because we don't see them, we don't have the empathy that we would have for friends, is what I'm saying, uh, you know. Uh, yes. And as we said before, you know, we cultures change through generations. Yes. You know, what's considered healthy, I mean, look at it now. Yeah. One health fad will get completely replaced by the opposite two yeah. years later. Yeah. So, you know, human beings want and need to love and be loved. And the sense of touch is really, really, really important. 
Are you sort of affectionate with your daughter? Like, are you a huggy dad? You strike me as that, because you were with my dog, Ray. You yes. Let, you lick your face. <laughs> you I needed so- some bacteria. <laughs> <laughs> are um, you quite a sort of huggy, affectionate person? Yes. I, I didn't get that when I was growing up. Did you not? N- no, but I didn't get... I mean, it was only because that's... My, you know, my... my, my, my my uh, your mum said that's not a very good <laughs> hug, <laughs> and my her idea of a hug was like this. It was like a robot slap on the back. Uh, <laughs> so, but that's you know that's the way that they. Yeah, and you evolve and you mm-hmm. learn from that, and then yeah. you put that. And into I wasn't. I, I and actually also you know I one of the things with my with shame my youngest is I want to. I I missed out in. Um, because of the fat duck, you know, I missed out on big chunks of fatherhood yes. and because of the way that whatever I was chasing the way that I was at the time. And so through learning with, 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 with Shay, I can also become, um, and communication that I've got now with my kids, you know, I can continue to, to, to become the best dad that I can for them. Yeah. Uh, and so we, we can't change an action, yes. but we can change our emotional association with that action. Yes, it's so true. That's a really good. And do you think, in terms of how you are as a boss, you know, yes. people have this idea of chefs, don't they? And you're yeah. at the top of your business. So, you know, I always ask people this question. Yeah. It's a positive and a negative. Yeah. Because you don't get through life yeah. without paying tax. What do you most fear people saying about you when you leave the room? And what do you most hope they would say about you? Well, I read this book recently. Great book, and it's called *The Courage to Be Disliked*. And I realised I was—I spent my life being a people pleaser. So I didn't want. It's not even a case of I wanted everyone to like me. I, I, it was—it's the thought if somebody doesn't like you. What this book says is there's a philosopher in an Austrian philosopher called Adler, 18, late 1800s, yeah. and he had a thing called a separation of tasks. Mm-hmm. Now he wasn't talking about physical tasks like sweeping the or washing your car or going to work. He was talking about emotional tasks. If you think that somebody doesn't like you, it's not your task to make them like you. It's your task to take responsibility, not blame, responsibility for your own emotion. Outside of work, I, you know, I just wanted everyone to love me. Did you? But I, yeah, but I was also, I was abusing myself. Yeah. Because it was a white line. I was editing out my full picture. I also didn't want yes. them to think less of me. Yeah, well, it's like the ADD thing, going back to that. Yes. Yeah, so what I would do is think, I'm not going to... I'm, you sort of end up putting on an act as well, pretending yeah. you've got everything under control yeah. because you don't want to appear flawed. Well, you know, I, 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 there's a song. My dad used to listen to it. And I only heard it recently because where I live now is, is, is Van Gogh territory. So you remember Starry Starry Night? Yeah, yeah. And it's all about Van Gogh not Don being... Willi- no, Don McLean. Don McLean, Not that's being it. understood. No, because yeah. he changed the world of painting. No one understood him. And I think, and, and I think that frustration, he... You know, he had no money, so one painting in his life, he couldn't afford his own paints, etc. Anyway, along with that, I saw another Don McLean song that my dad used to listen to called um, And I Love You So. Now, if you listen to it thinking he's talking about somebody else, it's one thing. Listen to it thinking you're talking about yourself. And he says, people ask me how I'm still here, and I tell them I don't know. And then, and then... Um, he said, then I realised how lonely life can be. So you can have friends, so-called friends and people around you. Yeah. But you can be incredibly lonely. And I, and I, think, that's, I think that's what I, 
well, it's, that's what I was because if you it's could, liking yourself and it's that thing people yes. always say that when you agree to something or do something because you want to be liked yeah. in that moment you feel that person well, likes me but you've got to go home with yourself and then you dislike yourself yes and then your, your life you're not in control of your life yeah so but funny enough for some reason and maybe this is another positive thing with work mm. with the restaurants and my work yeah. In the kitchen, I wouldn't have the guilt issues because I wouldn't. The case of thinking someone's done this work and just tell are you tell them it's you, you have to tell if if they've done a good job, tell them it's good. If it's wrong, you've got to tell them it's not good enough. It's not good enough. We can't serve it. it, it it's it's wrong. Whereas outside, oh my God, I could hardly <laughs> put the phone down to a Dominic in Cara's woman. I didn't want to upset her. <laughs> it was. It was like. Are you really? Yeah, because yeah, you don't seem to have the traditional chef's temper. Do you no. have a temper? When do you oh, lose? I, no, I, oh, I used to. <laughs> I used Did to. You? Well, I, was a, I was a fighter. Yeah. Um, and I. But not now. Not now. No, I, in the kitchen, I haven't, ra- I haven't raised my voice in the kitchen for at least 15 years. I say. Well, that's good. Um, we'll, go, we'll go back and check. I'll have a word with them. You know what? <laughs> I, it was when I took responsibility. Yeah. I realised. If someone keeps making a mistake in the kitchen, yeah. I'm the boss. It's my responsibility. Either they're yeah. not the right person for the job, yes. my responsibility. They're, I'm expecting too much from them, my responsibility. Or they've not been trained enough, my responsibility. And if, if you take, it's, it's weird, if you take responsibility for everything, yeah. in a funny way, you think it wouldn't, if you, if you start to free yourself up more. Well, it works with relationships, it works with everything. And I, yes. um, I want to ask you, because we're, we're coming to an end now, and I want to ask you about Christmas, because yes. obviously Heston basically is Christmas. Yes. Um, what do you... Because I get your bits from Waitrose. Yes. I love my Heston um. bits. <laughs> um, is there anything you particularly recommend? Uh, give us your Heston Christmas tip, please. Well, what the, do you the, think people should do? Well, Christmas like tip is yeah. do not do too much. Okay. Less is more, because firstly, people say, right, I, I've got 28 people for Christmas lunch. Oh my God! Well then, yeah. Either you want 28 people, great. Okay. Or you don't. This is coming from a people pleaser. Don't ha- invite 28 people for lunch. The key thing. Everything can be done before the chi- okay. the, the, the turkey or the goose or whatever it is roast it before, let it rest for one hour. It's much okay. better for it. The green veg can be cooked before and put, set aside with the butter in the pan and sips yeah. or pepper and whatever you put in. The carrots can be done. Everything has to wait for the potatoes. So you do everything first and you wait. And when the potatoes are ready, just put everything back on the heat. So that should be your anchor for your timing. Do you know what I love? Potatoes. We've had this hour together and you've been very gentle sort of family, Heston. As soon as we started talking about food <laughs> advice, I got a little scared. No, I didn't, <laughs> but you got very full of authority and I can sense in a lovely way, that's your, that's your sort of comfort space where you're in charge. You, you became yeah. the general. I, su- I suppose it's the area. But not in a bossy way. The- Listen, this is how busy Heston is. He's talking to me and he's got a driver waving at him because he's got to get in. Heston, I've loved our walk. Me I, too. I feel it's, it's so lovely to see you again. I know, I knew. And I don't care that they couldn't get me a cup of coffee at the Fat Duck. Because You're going to have one in there now? Yeah, I'm like, can I go into the hind tent? Yes. Go can I say I know you? Yes. Can they give me a discount? <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed listening to that. And do remember to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. <laughs>